Welcome to Heart of the Father Ministries and the preaching and teaching ministry of Dr. David Nichols. Our prayer for you is that this message will pierce your heart and raise you into your place of destiny in Jesus Christ. Because of the kind of nation we live in, there, there's a kind of an unspoken thing that if you don't get blessed, it's okay because you can just kind of slip back into neutrality. And you, you can just kind of hang out and just be there and life will go on. And, and in certain senses, it will. I mean, there's, there's all kinds of infrastructure and, and benefits and things, blessings in, in disguise that, that are just part of being an American and living in this nation. But in the Bible times, it wasn't that way. In the Bible times, you were either blessed or cursed. It was, it was either blessing or cursing. There was really no middle ground like that, like we have today. And so I'm going to try to plow through some of this stuff uh, that, that we have as Americans tonight and say, really, when you rip the disguise off of this, you are either under Father's blessing or there are areas of your life that are being cursed. And if they're being cursed, we have the answer to that. It's in the name of Jesus. It's in the provision that He brought forth. And if you're being blessed, how would you know if you're being blessed? A wellspring would be springing up inside of you that would make you want to share this and give it out to everybody else you know. That's, that's the thing about this Father's blessing. It's contagious. <laughs> and when it gets a hold of you and you start to flow in it, it just goes out and touches other people. And it's, it's awesome how that happens. You see, way back in the beginning, Father God created a man and He created a woman. Adam and Eve. And he created them for fellowship and closeness and intimacy with him. Amen? The Bible says that he came down in the cool of the day and he walked with them and talked with them in that garden that he put them in. And that closeness of intimacy, I believe, led to the expression of love from Father down to them, from them back to him, and it shows really the expressed reason and purpose for the creation in the first place, which is you were created to receive love and give it away. That's why you were made. Anything that thwarts that purpose is working against the plan of God. Anything that tries to throttle that off is not a blessing. It is most likely a curse, a cursing. Cursings come out of people's mouths all the time. Sherry was just talking about it. It's possible to just let negative verbiage come out and begin to flow over people when you're having a bad day, a bad moment, a bad hair day, a bad hair week, uh, you know, whatever kind you have. It happens. But then the power of blessing rises up even stronger, doesn't it? Hallelujah, and it comes in. So, so Father had this son and this daughter, Adam and Eve, and he had this design and plan for them for goodness and blessing and life and love to just flow and it did for a time until Satan came and corrupted it, right? And he came in with that temptation and they disobeyed and they went for the knowledge of good and evil instead of the knowledge of the presence of the Lord and so we have the fall and sin in the world. And we have the choice by our first father and our first mother, Adam and Eve, 
we have their choice for us to be under cursing instead of blessing. It's very important to understand that. That was their naturalistic choice. They were deceived. They didn't really understand what they were doing, but nevertheless they did it, and they were responsible for their actions, and they caused a severing of that closeness and that fellowship and that intimacy with Father God. Father came down into the garden and said, You must leave. He couldn't stand the thought of them entering into a lifetime, in, into an eternity of putting forth their hand and, and having that fruit of life and living that way forever in the condition they were. So he said, you must leave. Remember that tree of life was in the garden as well. Father couldn't stand that thought, so he made them leave. So now we have the human race beginning out in the world under a condition of cursing. And what Father God decided was he was going to bring about a recovery program that was going to be centered on blessing. <laughs> Turn to your neighbor and say, it's centered on blessing. Go ahead, tell him. <laughs> tell him this, Father God wants to bless you too. Go tell your neighbor that right now. Oh, hallelujah. And one of the very early ways way back in, in the ancient history of the Bible that he chose to do that was a man that he chose and his name is Father Abraham and I want to take you to chapter 12 of Genesis and we're going to understand some things tonight about the Father's blessing what Father God decided was he needed a representative of himself down here on the earth that people could see and he chose Father Abraham. He was an unlikely candidate. He was just a, an ordinary guy living in Ur of the Chaldees. But God saw something in him. God, God saw a potential. And God saw that here was a man that if instructed and guided, he could obey and could become a great symbol of faith for all who would come afterwards. And so he called, his, his name originally was Abram. Abraham, as you start reading about him in the early chapters of, of this story, that name means exalted father. Now that name, uh, he had that name before he had any children, obviously, and he carried that name on into his adult years, and you might remember this about him, he couldn't have children naturally because his wife Sarah was barren. It seems like have you ever noticed this about God? He likes to do things the hard way. <laughs> I mean, if it would have been me, I would have picked a guy and a gal that were fertile and, you know, and all this kind of stuff, and they can have many children, and here you go, have some kids, and we're going to have this great nation that's going to populate the earth and be all this blessing. No, no, Father God says, let's take Abram and his wife Sarai, who cannot have children, she's barren, and, and we're going to promise to them that they are going to become the mother and the, and the father of this great race that is going to fulfill my purposes and my commission in the earth. And going, God, <laughs> why are you doing it this way? He said, just leave me alone. I'm God. <laughs> You're a human being. Don't mess with me. <laughs> I'm working out purposes. Amen? And so this is what he does. And in the passing of this whole story, obviously we can't cover it all here tonight, but in the passing of this whole story, Abram, exalted father, becomes Abraham, Abraham in the Hebrew. He moves from being exalted father to being 
father of a multitude. So here's another thing about this. If you stay in this program of God's dealing and God's working in your life and you become obedient to Him, things get better and better and better and they multiply and they grow and they develop. But it's, it's going to be many times in the face of impossibility. You see, because we are, we're living in a fallen world. We, we are living in a world, and uh, an enemy is in this world that has declared war against us, is going to try to stop us at every turn. In the natural, he's stronger than we are. Uh, in our natural selves, he's smarter than we are. He's got way more power and all that, but we win every time. <laughs> because we just keep coming back to Jesus. And we just keep coming back to that blood. And we just keep coming back to that victory that Jesus won. But in the Old Testament, they didn't have that yet. It was a whole set of, of different ways of relating to God. And Abram became, remember, exalted father. He became father of a multitude. And he had to receive that by faith before he ever saw his son Isaac. Now that should help you with something about this Father's blessing. There, there are a number of people in this room tonight that have had promises from God. There are some of you here tonight that are near despair over promises that you have received from God. I have some good news for you tonight. That faith that was in Abraham can be in you. <laughs> and if Abraham, with the impossibility that he faced, could overcome and come through and become the father of faith there's a place for you to stand in father's blessing tonight and just let this flood come over you and bring provision and bring destiny and life and hope hallelujah somebody ought to get happy here tonight Whew. well let's read these verses in genesis chapter 12 the first three verses it says now the lord had said to abram get out from your country from your family from your father's house to a land that I will show you, I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse him who curses you. And in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. What a powerful verse. What an incredible promise in this one man, Abraham, all the families of the earth would be blessed. That's right now, that's about six and a half billion people. And this blessing has been coming down for centuries and centuries now. It probably includes around a hundred billion people down through the history of the whole world. Down, If you take all the civilizations and all of the time and all the space, we're, we're six and a half billion right now. I mean, this thing is huge. And Father God reveals himself to this one man. And in this, Father gave him the ability to bless. And friend, that ability to bless is one of the most precious things that God can give a human being. Many of us, are we, we are occupied with, bless me, God, fill me, try, you know, give me this, give me that. And he wants to, and he will, and he is. Amen. But way better than all of that, as good as that is, 
I mean, I, I'm, a, I'm a slow learner in some respects. I mean, I, I just turned 50, okay, and I'm finding this out. Way better than all of that is the ability to bless. Now, all of that stands as the background. It's there. It, it's a foundation. It's under your feet. What God has done, how He's provided, all these good things. But friends, I, I would like to see you come to a higher place tonight. Than, than just being able to believe God for the meeting of your own needs. That's awesome, that's good, that's powerful, but let's go for more. Would anybody be in favor of that here tonight? What if this power to bless came into you so that you could just begin to pour it out in your city, in your neighborhood, on your street, so that this blessing that God started way back there in Father Abraham, this was his plan, this is how he was going to defeat the cursing that the enemy brought in by the fall, he chose a man and said, in you all the families of the earth will be blessed. With that power to bless, I believe, came into being one of the most powerful examples in the Bible of the Father's blessing invested in Father Abraham, given directly to him by Father God himself, saying, you're going to represent me down here on this earth. And so that came into being and Abraham had the ability to transmit that to his children now in that Old Testament economy in that Old Testament setting the primary focus of this became his physical family because that was the impossibility that he faced I mean he couldn't have a son his wife was barren you remember the story the angels came and visited uh, it was a little late in the game, they thought. Sarah was 90, Abraham was 100. Husbands and wives, think it over a little bit here tonight. Don't think too long. <laughs> Just think the angels show up. And they're telling Abraham, Sarah's going to have a son. Now, how do you get the names for your children? You know, people use different things. Some people look them up in books. Some people take it from the family line. Sarah got the name from her son because she laughed when she heard the angels. <laughs> She's, she was kind of back, hanging back inside the tent where they couldn't see her, but the Bible says she heard what the angels were saying to Abraham, and she laughed. <laughs> now, friends, I want to tell you something. Don't laugh too quick when the voice of God and the revelation of God begins to break into an impossibility. <laughs> Hallelujah. If you stay with this long enough, you're, you're actually going to come to the place where you're out of your mind far enough to say, you know what, I'm, I'm looking for another impossibility. <laughs> you say, what? Impossibilities are hard. Impossibilities are big. Yeah, they are. You know, they're there. They're tough. No doubt about it. But we're serving a God who said, he sent his angel in Luke chapter 1 said, with God, nothing will be impossible. That's after he announced to the Virgin Mary that she was going to have a son. That was one thing to tell it to Sarah. <laughs> she was 90 years old. That's impossible. But now we got Mary. No husband, never known a man. You're going to have a baby. <laughs> Whoa! This is impossible. And the angel says, that's no problem. We're serving the God of the impossible. <laughs> and with him, nothing will be impossible. You've got to get a hold of that, friend. You've got to let that sink into your spirit and heart. It's part of the Father's blessing. I believe, seriously, I believe He lets us come up against the impossible 
so that we will trust him and believe him and walk deeper and further into his blessing. I really believe that. Well, Abraham passed this blessing on to his son Isaac. His son Isaac carried it all through his life. And it was recognized by this family that something truly remarkable was happening because in the midst of the Canaanites where they lived, they were just absolutely blessed out of their socks. Abraham himself became rich. Isaac, his son, became probably even richer than him. Increase and blessing and abundance and herds and flocks and all this stuff. They're going, wow, this father's blessing is an incredible thing. And then Isaac, it turns out, has two boys, twins. And when Isaac gets old, there's an amazing thing that happens. And I want you to turn over to uh, Genesis chapter 27 in understanding this father's blessing. Isaac is old, he's about to die, and there becomes there comes to be a great controversy about the Father's blessing. This Father's blessing is so desirable, it is so, it's something you would want so much that these guys will plot and scheme and intrigue even within the families to get it. You've got to have that Father's blessing. You've got to get it for yourself. You've got to have it working and being manifested in your life. Let's look at this in Genesis chapter 27 verse 1 says now it came to pass when Isaac was old and his eyes were so dim that he could not see that he called Esau his older son and said to him my son and he answered him here I am then he said behold now I am old I do not know the day of my death now therefore please take your weapons your quiver and your bow and go out to the field and hunt game for me and bring me savory food such as I love and bring it to me that I may eat that my soul may bless you before I die. Isaac understood that he had received the father's blessing from his father Abraham and that it was his responsibility to pass it on to his oldest son who was Esau. Now Rebekah was listening, verse 5, when Isaac spoke to, his, to Esau his son. And Esau went to the field to hunt game and to bring it. So Rebekah spoke to Jacob, her son, saying, Indeed, I heard your father speak to Esau, your brother, saying, Bring me game and make savory food for me that I may eat it and bless you in the presence of the Lord before my death. Now, therefore, my son, obey my voice according to what I command you. Go now to the flock and bring me from there two choice kids. And I'm really glad they said this next part of the goats. <laughs> Okay, and I will make savory food for them for your father such as he loves. Then you shall take it to your father that he may eat it, that he may bless you before his death. Jacob said to Rebekah his mother, Look, Esau my brother is a hairy man, and I am a smooth-skinned man. Perhaps my father will feel me, and I shall seem to be a deceiver to him. Boy, there would be a revelation. <laughs> Jacob, that's what his very name meant, deceiver heel catcher but he says then uh, Jacob says and I shall bring a curse on myself and not a blessing but his mother said to him let your curse be on me my son only obey my voice and go and get them for me and he went and got them and brought them to his mother and his mother made savory food such as his father loved 
and you know the rest of the story. Jacob went in with the animal skins on him, and Isaac said, the, the voice is the voice of Jacob, but the hands are the hands of Esau. Friends, this father's blessing was so desirable, it, it was such a, a paramount thing in the thinking and in the minds and the internal motivations of these people that they would go to these lengths, cover a guy with animal hair, and send him in to the blind dad. Here's the guy you want. <laughs> I mean, there was an intensity and there was a passion here. And I want to tell you tonight, friends, that we're living in the new covenant now. How many are glad about that? It's no longer transmitted from father to son, from father to son physically and biologically like it was then. That was all one dealing in the purpose of God. We are living in a time now where this salvation and this life has opened up to the whole world. Jew and Gentile, slave and free, male and female. We're one in Christ. Amen? Jesus has done that with the sacrifice of Himself. But friend, the Father's blessing is still an issue for us today. And I'm here to tell you tonight that when it changes from being father to son, from father to son, from father to son, like it was in ancient Israel. And as you know, these people became the Israelites that were under slavery, under Pharaoh, and then got delivered. And then you go on the whole story of the Old Testament. These are the physical descendants of Father Abraham. Their whole story, every time you read about a victory, every time you read about a provision, every time you read about some good thing happening, in that whole Old Testament from this point onward, you're reading about an effect of the Father's blessing. It all harks back to Father Abraham. He, he's at the beginning of all of this because he obeyed God and had faith. But when we come to the New Testament, we are coming to something that is so much better because now you don't have to be a physical descendant of that man to receive the Father's blessing. How many can say amen to that tonight? You say, what kind of father must Father God be? In this Old Testament order, he chose his guy and revealed all this wonderful stuff through him. And these people came into being and it, and it was awesome and his blessing was on them. But now in Jesus, he has opened this up so that every man, every woman, every child on the face of this earth who will bow their knee and who will come in father's way and agree to his terms and conditions can be under his blessing just like Isaac was just like Jacob had to scheme and plot you don't have to scheme and plot I don't have to go, oh pastor Steve he's getting awful close to father's blessing here <laughs> wife make me some goat skins <laughs> I gotta get in there and see if I can get a little bit that he was supposed to get <laughs> we don't have to do that now at all there's no need for that anymore all of that abundance all of that richness all of that fullness has been opened up in Jesus oh man in fact I want to just read to you again the, the last two verses of the Old Testament because they are so important because they consummate the Old Testament and they prepare us for the New Testament. It's Malachi chapter 4 verses 5 and 6. 
Verse 5 says, Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. And he will turn the hearts of the fathers to the children, and the hearts of the children to their fathers, lest I come and strike the earth with a curse. Friend, the prophet Malachi prophetically indicated what John the Baptist was going to do, that he was going to come and point to Jesus and institute a whole new way of relating to Father. With the hearts of the fathers turned to the children and the hearts of the children turned to the fathers. And that's what John the Baptist began to do as he came into this world. He began pointing to Jesus. He began saying things like, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Here's one who is preferred before me because he was before me. Not worthy to take off his sandals. All these things that John the Baptist keeps saying about Jesus just keeps pointing, just keeps pointing. But he's doing it all under, under Father's favor. Now his own father had to learn about this Father blessing thing the hard way. <laughs> John the Baptist's father. Remember Zacharias? Angel showed up in the temple one day and said, You're going to have a son. He's about 80. His wife is 80. Remember this story in, in Luke there in the early chapters, chapter 1? And uh, Zacharias says, How can this be? And, and he's actually doubting the word of the angel. And the angel says, You, buddy, are not going to be able to speak until this child is born and, and uh, comes out and is named, and, and you, then your voice is going to return to you. And it's like, Woo this father's blessing that's being unveiled and and brought forth in the new covenant is even more powerful than that in the old covenant now how could it be better than than to be a son of abraham well you might think back through some of that old testament history and some of the stories and the things that happened it wasn't always such a great thing when the enemies were roaring and, and when the people were sinning and they were giving themselves over to idols and they were being destroyed by their enemies and, and then, then the people cried out. Remember how the story goes through the Old Testament? And they say, oh, I guess we really need you after well, after all, Father. You're so mighty. You're so powerful. And a few of them start calling on God. He says, oh, I hear my children down there again. I'm in a covenant relationship with them. I'm, I've got to come. And they're really crying out in desperation. So God raises up a deliverer. Remember, all through the Old Testament, God's doing this over and over and over and over again. So the deliverer comes and they leads them to victory. They defeat the enemies. And, oh, they're up on top again. We're children of Abraham. Oh, we're in Father's blessing. Oh, he's given us goods and crops and herds. And in a generation, usually, or two generations, we're back to... And back down again. All through that, or oh, through thousands of years of the Old Testament history. Even though they had the Father's blessing, they never really entered into it fully. That's why when Jesus comes in the New Testament, it is so much more powerful, so much fuller, because of the way it is described. In fact, uh, I want you to turn to Luke chapter 2 with me. After John the Baptist is born, Jesus is born. I believe this is one of the most precious stories in the Bible. And yet it is so powerful. It's the story of Simeon. This aged man who had been, it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die until he saw the Lord's very Messiah. 
Now you understand that in the world he lived in, Judaism of that day, if you walked up to an ordinary person walking down the street and said, do you want to see God's Messiah? Oh, yes. Oh, I want to see him. But just wanting to and have it re having it revealed to you that that's going to happen are two different things. Because generations of Israelites had died wanting to, but now one had had it revealed to him that he wasn't going to die until he saw the Messiah. Now here's another thing about this. When people thought about seeing the Messiah, they were looking for a tough guy. They were looking for a, a leadership profile. Not this, but you know, the real. A leadership profile guy. You know, with, with wide shoulders and a, and a big uh, leather belt around his girdle around his waist with a big sword sticking out of there and the ability to command men and send them into battle. That's a Messiah right there. Ho. Maybe even some supernatural giftings on him from God because he's certainly going to be a son of Abraham, a physical son of Abraham. That's what they're looking for. And this guy, Simeon, has got to be able to see the Messiah when he's a 40-day-old baby. Ooh, that's a little tougher assignment. <laughs> Everybody can see a Messiah when he's a great big grown-up man and crowds of people are following him and all. And even then they still couldn't really see him, but it was a lot easier. Simeon got the assignment of seeing him when he was a baby. Ooh, I love this. <laughs> Verse 25 in Luke 2. There was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. This man was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. So he came by the Spirit into the temple, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, he took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation which you have prepared before the face of all people, a light to bring revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. In this baby, now please, in the temple scene of this day, there were probably other couples with other kids. That, you know, it's, it's dedication day, okay? So you get probably dozens of them there of the same age. Remember what the Bible says about Jesus? He was an ordinary-looking guy. He didn't have the aura. That came in much later in the Middle Ages pictures, okay? The little halo around his head and all that stuff. None of that was on him here on this day. Not to cue, you know, Simeon off. So you go, oh, there, the one with the halo. You know, that, that's the one. No. He had to be moving by the Spirit. He had to be recognizing by the Spirit the Lord's Christ as a 40-day-old baby. And then he prophesies a father in his 80s, takes up Jesus and prophesies this powerful stuff over him as a baby. In this one, it, it resides, in this one exists the whole salvation and deliverance and release of the Gentiles and of the Jews. Last time I checked, that's the whole world, folks. You're either a Gentile or a Jew. How many Gentiles here tonight are glad you got included in this thing, in this awesome Messiah? Hallelujah! I'm one glad Gentile tonight. Man, I, Father's blessing that it would come this way. Oh. Do you know that in our natural lineage, we receive blessings and we receive cursings? And one of the reasons that you need the Father's blessing, as it exists today, 
is to break the cursings of what come to you in your natural lineage. Now, I'm just going to be transparent with you here tonight. My father was an Assemblies of God minister for many years of his life. He was a good father in many respects, and he was a man of God, and I love him dearly. He's in heaven tonight. But one of the things that we got from him was a, a spirit and an attitude of poverty. Say, how can an Assemblies of God minister have a spirit of poverty? Well, it's, it's pretty easy, actually. <laughs> <laughs> And it just was. And, and uh, Dad was born in 1930, right? Right at the outbreak of the Depression. I mean, some of you folks from the Depression area remember, era remember. You save everything. You keep your string in those little things. You keep everything. It all goes in the attic. You never know. You might need that someday. You know, you remember that. Yeah. And one of the things that, that I'm just going to use this as an illustration here for you tonight to just, I believe, I hope, open up some avenues for the Holy Spirit to come into you and to begin to show you truth about your heritage and your family line. One of the things that, that really <laughs> emerged in our family was a story that my dad told about Christmas during the Depression when my dad and his two brothers were, were young boys in my grandpa and grandma's house. And it was a particularly rough year, and what everybody and and they had started a thing too that they did every year. They wrapped up cough drops, <coughs> a box of cough drops. Here's your presents, boys. <laughs> and the the story emerged and became famous in our family of the year that Uncle Freddie threw his under the piano without opening them. <laughs> I'm not opening these cough drops. And he threw them under the piano when he was maybe six or seven years old. And so <laughs> I grew up, met my wife, got married. We had some children. We have a great family line, a great family heritage, a heritage of poverty. <laughs> I, you know, I didn't tell this to her when I was proposing to her. <laughs> Good thing. And as our boys got, it's very interesting, as our boys got up to about that same age, for some crazy, stupid reason, I got this in my head. I think this will be a lot of fun. Let's, let's wrap up cough drops for all the boys, and, and let's get up before Christmas. You know, we had all the presents up. And, and by the way, my dad enforced this in us as well. And, and please understand, he was a good dad. He, wor he actually worked a second job for several months before every Christmas. There were always many presents. But we'd always do this, well, it was a rough year, boys. <laughs> there ain't much this year, but, you know. And always that, that negative poverty, you know, you know, hang in there and all of that. So we started doing that in our household. And every year, we, we, for a time there, we got the cough drops, you know. And, and we just handed them, boys, it's been a lean year this year. <laughs> and here's this only gift we got for you. I hope you enjoy it, you know. And yes, we laughed, but by those actions, we were enforcing, we were continuing something, a, a piece of junk that got injected into our family line by the deceiver, by the accuser that was garbage. Keeping us oriented to, it's always going to be small, it's always going to be impoverished, it's always going to be little, uh, 
And one day, I don't know, I, I don't remember the exact year this happened, but the boys were getting older, and, and I was, I, I just, this opened up to me. I was getting the cough drops ready <laughs> for Christmas, you know. I'm like, why am I doing this, you know? What am I saying by doing this? It's just like God came in and said, why, you know, what is this all about? And I'm like, whoa, <laughs> Let's break this. And that Christmas, if you'll think back, you might remember it. That Christmas I stood up and I said, we're not doing cough drops anymore. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We're just coming out with the abundance from Father's heart. And we're giving you that and enjoy it and open your presence and let's have a good time. And we broke a family curse. Hallelujah. And we're not going to let it rain over us anymore. Somebody ought to get happy here tonight. Hallelujah. Yeah. Sam's really glad. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. You see, when this Father's blessing begins to just pour and pour and pour through Jesus, it comes out on the Jew and on the Gentile in no respecter of persons, and we start going, we weren't physically born into this. And we get to have all of this salvation from our sins, healing of ourselves, of our souls, of our bodies, of our pains, of our sanctification and life, and, and this wonderful after package in eternity. Really, one of the things you should really work on it in the days ahead is with Christians. Why do you want to go to heaven? Most of them will say, well, I sure don't want to go to hell. <laughs> I hope you want to go to heaven for something more than an alternative from hell. <laughs> okay? I mean, that's okay if that's the level of motivation you're at. <laughs> but there's a higher place. Because heaven is where Father is. And just wanting to be with Him. Do you remember how this whole thing started out back there in Genesis chapter 1 and 2? Adam and Eve being with Him in the cool of the day, enjoying Him, fellowshipping Him, talking with Him, enjoying His benefits and His love just being poured into them. Friend, I've got some good news for you here tonight. Father's love is going to reign and triumph through the ages of the ages. Yes, hell comes. Yes, disease and infection and sin and debauchery and crud has been raised up on this world, but Father's love is going to triumph. We're going to win. I like to be on the winning side. <laughs> I wasn't very often as a boy. <laughs> we had junior league baseball, 13 losses, one win. We did better this year, guys. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I like to be on the winning team. And friend, with Jesus, you're going to win because you're coming into Father's blessing. Not because of this. Please understand this. There's this movement abroad in our land today. Oh, you beautiful piece of human potential. Look at this guy right here. He's got his hair combed. He's got his face washed. His glasses are on straight. Oh, man, look at him. He's dressed nice. He's going to succeed. There's potential in there, baby. Oh, man, he's loaded with it. That's the message of this age and of this time. Seeing potential, humanistic potential. You know, and praise God for what God put in us. But friend, that's not what we're talking about here tonight. We are talking about a revelation coming down from heaven. It says, you are my son. You are my daughter. That's what Father says. I want to just bring you up here with me for a little while and show you how much I love you. After I've done that for a while, I just want to shower some of this blessing over you. 
over your relationships, some of this blessing over your finances, some of this blessing over your the spiritual gifts I've put in you. Oh, man. What about when Father starts doing that kind of stuff? That's a walking and a moving into the Father's blessing. But I've got to take you here tonight into a few words that Jesus said that are so important. Remember, please, on the way to that, in Luke chapter 3, Jesus never did a miracle. He never healed a sick body. He never spoke a word of the gospel until he first went to the Jordan River. And he was baptized by John to fulfill all righteousness. Remember that? And then, what happened after he came up out of the water? You remember? The dove came down. The Holy Spirit came upon him. And then something else happened. What, what was that? A voice spoke. Ah. The voice of Father's favor and Father's approval on one who certainly knew he had it. There was never any question about Jesus, the eternal Son of the eternal Father, their eternal relationship in eternity past, right? There never any doubt about that. But manifested here on this physical earth, that voice needed to speak from heaven and announce to the earth, This is my beloved Son. Listen to him. <laughs> and friend, at that moment, obvious and apparent for everyone to see, the Father's blessing began to move out of Jesus. He had it before that, obviously, but now it was expressed. Now it was open and apparent and available, and Jesus just began preaching this gospel of the kingdom. Repent from your sins. Be delivered of demonic powers. Have healing in your bodies where you're sick. The gospel of the kingdom. Oh, man, I love that gospel. So this Jesus, in the middle of his ministry, John chapter 6, please. Verse 44, Jesus says, No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him, and I will raise him up at the last day. It is written in the prophets, They shall all be taught by God. Therefore, everyone who has heard and learned from the Father comes to me. Friends, don't be deceived in this day, in this age that we're living in. Voices are speaking do you, know, do you know what the people, more educated people in India, what they can't understand? Certainly the Christians, and even some uh, of Hindus, as you start talking to them, educated people that are able to read papers and understand what's going on around the world, they say, we hear uh, that there are a lot of people converting to Hinduism in your country. I go, yeah, that's true. And uh, it, it's really interesting a nation that was founded on the Word of God, on the promises of God, on the truths of God, and all kinds of voices are speaking. And this, this big one is speaking that says, there, there's an ultimate good out there someplace, and everybody that's talking about peace, and everybody that's talking about love, and everybody that's talking about acceptance, they're all just different paths to this one big good. That is the voice of the devil you better start to recognize it in its different forms and its different ways because it's deceiving a lot of people today. There is one thing that is going to happen when Father God draws people. It happens in India every time we get up and preach. We just get up and preach the simple Jesus, the healing Jesus, the sin-forgiving Jesus, and the, and the power and the glory of Father's love. Father begins drawing people and they come to Jesus in India. 
So I don't know what it's going to take. Uh, maybe we're going to have to have crusades here in the United States for Hindus, you know, white Hindus, black Hindus. They're, they're weird-looking ones. I mean, the ones over there at least are brown. They, they look like Hindus, you know. <laughs> over here, we got. I'm serious. You go out to California, they got temples full of them out there. And it's time to bring Father's love and Father's mercy and Father's message of power into the into the scene and into the situation because Jesus said. Everyone who has heard and learned from the Father comes to me. Not that anyone has seen the Father, except he who is from God, he has seen the Father. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me has everlasting life. Jesus says, I am the bread of life. Your fathers ate manna in the wilderness and are dead. This is the bread which comes down from heaven that one may eat of it and not die. I am the living bread which came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. And the bread that I shall give is my flesh that I shall give for the life of the world. And all of that under Father's perfect plan. Wow. So that Father's blessing can be just distributed out into this world. Really, it's, it's the same purpose that he had in Father Abraham that it would be by faith, but in Father Abraham that had to come through the physical lineage. Uh, now that physical lineage has been fulfilled. Jesus was a son of Abraham, son of David, all those guys. And now he's opened it up for whosoever will may come. To live and move and have their being under Father's blessing not just saved, not just over the line, I made it in, oh, thank you, Lord. The breaking of the cursing, the exposing of the lies, the sanctification of the life within so that we are becoming like Jesus, sons and daughters of this Father in the image of Jesus, the perfect Son. Man, it is awesome. John chapter 5. You just read through your Gospels. You just see Jesus saying this all the time. The Father is doing this, and, and my relation to Him is this, and so forth. Look at verse 19 in John chapter 5. Then Jesus answered and said to them, Most assuredly, I say to you, the Son can do nothing of Himself, but what He sees the Father do. Why was Jesus able to conduct himself the way he did and do all these powerful things when he was here on the earth. It's very simple. He just kept going back to Father and just kept doing what Father showed him. It couldn't be that simple. <laughs> Actually, yes it was. Do you know what? Father is looking for children today who will be that simple with him too that will be little Jesuses. Do you know that when the Christians started spreading around that ancient world, especially when they went to Antioch, they, the, the followers of the Christ, they started calling them Christians, little Christs. That's what that word means. That, that's what the word Christian means. You're a little Christ. And that's really what Father is looking for. That, and it was a term of, of uh, insult. It was a term of derision in that call. You're one of those little Christs. And they said, yeah, we're, we're Christians, you <laughs> know. And that term that was meant to insult them actually has become the whole name for what we are in this whole age. Isn't that amazing? And it's a place to stand in Father's blessing. Cursed by the world, blessed by the Father. 
Mm. There are times when you're going to have to make a decision about that. There are times when the blessing of the world is not going to be compatible with the blessing of the Father. And you're going to have to say, Father, your blessing is more to me than what the world can bless me with. It might involve uh, a career. It might involve your job. It might involve big decisions about how you spend your money. It might involve uh, a lot of different things. Father's blessing is so awesome. <laughs> It is so powerful. It's, it's to be chosen above every other thing. And there are things that you can do to, to help this along the way. See, that's, that's the good news about the New Covenant. In the New Covenant, you, you don't get a choice. I want to be born, can, you know, can you see? I want to be born as an Israelite under Father Abraham. You don't get that choice in the Old Testament. You're just born. You're either a, a Gentile or you're a, a, an Israelite, a, a father of, a, of Father Abraham. But in the New Testament, you get called to decisions. You get called to impossibilities where you can begin to choose Father's way. <laughs> and He strengthens you and He builds you and He encourages you and he, he keeps saying to you, I love you, my son. I love you, my daughter. And I've given this into you. Now choose what is good. Choose what is righteous. Choose what is holy and come through. Press through. I want to tell you a story tonight. <clears throat> Don't get too excited. It's a long story. Okay. <laughs> I want to show you with this story what it's like to work with a father. Because I believe God is raising up fathers in the earth. I, I believe God is raising up fathers in this church. I believe Pastor Steve and Deb are a father and a mother in this church. I really believe they are. Some of you may not think they're old enough to be your father or mother. They, but it's, it's not an age thing. It's a spiritual thing. And there are others of you that may be raised up in this church to be fathers. It's a thing God is doing right now. And I want to tell you, when you're working with a father, things are, man, it, it's incredible. Let, let me just tell you this story. I think you'll understand. In uh, December of 2002, we were doing a crusade in a village in India. And uh, we were staying in a in a town called Nandikat Kur and we were driving 30 miles away to this other place to do the crusade. And the owner of the hotel we were staying in, who was a, a Hindu businessman, highly respected man in the community, heard what we were doing and he requested a private meeting with myself and Stefan, our crusade director. So we went into a room with this man on a day to meet with him and he stood in there and you know and I'm, I'm trying to be Mr. Discernment you know because you know there's the traps you can fall into and so forth you just, you've got to really have the mind of the Lord and with tears in his eyes this guy is requesting us to somehow come and do a crusade in Nandikat Kur right there the, the town where the hotel was and I am praying you know and I'm you know and all and I really sensed the guy was genuine and sincere and I said to him, we'll come in a year from now and we'll do a crusade here in this city. So that would have been December of 2003. I said that in December of 2002. So we finished up there and I came back. And 
Late in the month of January, I was preaching in a church here in Minnesota, and I got a call from a man canceling a conference I was supposed to speak at. Imagine that, a guy, a, a man of my eminence. <laughs> and not only can't, I mean, he just canceled the whole conference. There's going to be no conference. Oh, I'm calling all the speakers, and, and the flesh started to rise up. <laughs> and I wanted to give him a piece of my mind, which was not good. <laughs> And then the Holy Spirit rose up in me. I love that when that happens. The spirit, the, the fruit of the Spirit. And I realized what was happening, and I, and I just said, I didn't say it in the phone, I just said to myself, flesh, you are not going to dominate today. <laughs> Hallelujah. And I blessed him, and I just released him. I said, okay, God's going to work it out. But, but that created a whole week, a hole in my schedule for a whole week. And it was on about five weeks' notice. That's really short notice to get a, a new meeting to fill in there. So I got down on the floor of that motel room, and I started to cry out to God and ask Him what to do. Now, we had our plan in place. We had our plane tickets bought. Our agenda was set. We were going to do one major pastor's conference and one crusade in a town called Sangaretti. And the preparations were underway, and the money, a lot of the money had already been sent over. And, and uh, I got on that floor, and I started praying, and, and God started saying, Nandikat Kur, Nandikat Kur. That's all, just that word, over and over, several times. I'd get back down on the floor, Oh, God, thy servant crieth out to thee. <laughs> Speak, Lord, for thy servant heareth. Oh, groaning, travailing, crying, crying. Nandikat Kur, Nandikat Kur, Nandikat Kur. I got another hour, you know, goes by. Oh, God, speak, reveal by your spirit. Finally, after, seriously, after about two hours of that, I go, hmm, apparently he wants us to go to Nandikat Kur. <laughs> you know. So I got up and I said, man, I'm going to have to make some phone calls. I called India. Everything's green lights. And can you get a crusade ready in Nandikat Kur in five weeks? No problem. Yeah, just send the money. You know, yeah, I know, the money. Yeah, the little detail there, you know. <laughs> and I called all our team members. Three of them were pastors. We had all our plane tickets bought. We had, we had uh, crowbarred this into their schedules. They're going to India with me. Okay, so I, so I say to myself, this is going to be interesting. I call all three of them. First of all, Pastor, I got all three of them on the first call. That's a miracle. <laughs> and every one of them said, I said to them, can you stay an extra week in India? They go, yeah, no problem. I'm like, oh, he really means it. <laughs> you know? I mean, these three pastors, seriously. And they're just yeah, another week. Oh, no problem. You know, just whatever, do whatever you have to do to make it happen. I'm like, ooh. Finally, I called our travel agent that we had bought these tickets through, and I said, hey, we've got to change our tickets. He said, well, I'm really glad you called me at 4 o'clock because at 4.30 today, after that time, I would have had to charge you $1,000 to change all these tickets. I say, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> the Lord has a timing that is uh, way better than ours. You, you, you know about that, right? Follow Him. He won't lead you astray. So we got to Nandikat Kur. We did the crusade in Sangareti. We had an awesome time there. Demons were cast out. People got saved. Awesome. But we got down to Nandikat Kur. Man, I was just filled with expectancy. I mean, I didn't. I had no. I mean, this is supernatural stuff. You know, I'm like, 
And I get taken into this room where the pastors that are going to cooperate, there was a few of the pastors there that were working in that city, were going to help us with the crusade. And this 88-year-old man named Nagi comes walking over to me. And the minute he saw me, he came over to me and just grabbed me and started hugging on me and kissing on me. And I'm like, I mean, it's like, you know, if you know Indian people from India, they, they don't act that way, with foreigners especially. And I found out later on why Nagi was acting that way. Nagi was the spiritual patriarch of that city, I came to find out. He had been there his whole life. As he had come there as a young man from Bible school and had started this work and had this awesome church out on the edge of town. This guy lived close to God. He was a father. I mean, you, about three feet away from him and closer, you started feeling God. Okay, <laughs> That's the kind of guy he was. It was my privilege to preach in his church after our crusade was finished. And that's where I found out the rest of the story that I want to tell you. Nagi said, because, you know, I'm, I'm trying to understand why this guy's hugging on me, kissing on me, and, and so forth. I mean, and I really liked him. I could just feel the love of God coming out of him. But, you know, we've got a language barrier and all this stuff. And so finally we were able to sit down with an interpreter and just really, really find out some things. And here's what happened. Fifteen years earlier... God spoke to him and said, I want you to begin praying for the United States of America. God told that to Nagi, pastoring that church there in that, in that city, as the spiritual father of that city. And he started doing it. He started praying for us here in the United States. About three or four months into that, praying for the United States, God gave him a vision and he gave him a prophetic word for the city, for that village of Nandikatkur. And he brought it to some groups of Christians, uh, small groups of people in several different places in that town. I think one of, them ha one of the gatherings happened in his own church, but I think several were in other places. And he spoke this prophetic word. And one of the things that was in the word said this, a man is going to come here from the United States He's going to preach the gospel in this city and thousands of people are going to turn to Jesus and get saved. When the Christians heard that prophetic word from Nagi 15 years before, nine, uh, before 2003, the Christians said, that's crazy. The old man has lost it. He's flipped out this time. That's too far out there. They didn't come under Father's blessing. Isn't that amazing? And they rejected that word. Fifteen years went by. Nagi held on to the word. He held on to the vision and the revelation that God gave him. He kept praying for the United States, even though he's never been here in his life, and praying for the village as its spiritual father. And this is what he said in his own words after I had preached in his church. He said, when I saw you in the room that day, I said to myself, that's the man I saw in the vision 15 years ago. That explains why he was acting the way he was. And friends, here's what happened in Nandikatkur. By the last night, half of the town was at our meeting. 
16,500 people. As we were driving through the streets of the village to go out there for the last meeting on the last night, the streets were deserted. And normally they're packed with people at hour of the night. In the vehicle, I turned to Stefan and I said, Brother, there are no people here. He turned back to me and said, Brother, I think they're out at our meeting. I said, I like the sound of that. <laughs> and friend, that night was the largest altar call I've ever presided over in my life. 2,550 people in one call came to Jesus. In those five nights, ten short of 7,000 came and said, I want to follow Jesus. Many of them were Hindus. There were quite a number of Muslims that came in that group as well. Some of them older men, just drawn and pulled by the Holy Spirit. You know, I wish I could stand here tonight and say, oh, it's because I'm such a well-organized international evangelist and I've got all this, you know, awesome infrastructure and we you know we got it together pastor steve it's it's so awesome that wouldn't be true i mean we do kind of have it together but god's in charge amen we were just tapping in on the ministry of a father we were just moving into father's blessing father wanted to bless nondick at kur far more than we did but when you work with a father and you come under father's blessing you come under benefits you didn't even know you had you come under influence you didn't even know you could exercise. I prophesied to that city tonight. They're begging for us to come back. We're going to go back there at some point, not right away. I prophesied to that city. I told them that night with half of the town on the grounds, I told them this place is going to become a meeting place for the purposes of God in South India. I said there are going to be people that are going to come here from all over South India to see what God is doing in this place. I established the word of the Lord to them that night. But it really wasn't anything from me. I was just tagging into what the Holy Spirit had been preparing for, for a long, long time before I got there. Isn't that something? That's the Father's blessing. Do you know that the Father has appointments and places for you like that all over in your life? You don't have to go to India for that. <laughs> Good news. <laughs> or you all start line up at the ticket counter. I'm going to India, man. I'm going to get there. It can happen right here in Sherburne. It can happen right here in Martin County, Jackson County. Hallelujah. Places where the way has been prepared. God's just looking for an obedient heart, an obedient son, an obedient daughter that's just flowing with his favor and his mercy upon them into the life of another person. But you, you've got to understand yourself as a person who has been in Father's blessing, in Father's house under his blessing. Uh, that last night, a really cool thing happened. This uh, Mr. Reddy, the hotel owner, we had him seated on the platform just to honor him as uh, being the guy who had invited us into the city. And by the way, now he and his brother-in-law, who is a parliament member in the parliament of India, is finding more towns for us to go to in that region. You say, anti-conversion laws, are they a problem? Well, not too much, actually, <laughs> when, when you got people. I mean, it just, it just came together. It's Father's favor. It's Father's blessing. You just got to move under it. You, you just got to take action with it when He shows you. You got to step out when he, when he directs you and guides you. Mr. Reddy that night on the platform, he didn't hide by going down among the people. When I, when I gave that altar call, 
he raised his hand and he stood up there and repeated that prayer with everybody else that came down those 200 those 2500 people and he got saved that night too <laughs> hallelujah but now now here's the real punchline of this story all of this happened remember the timeline here December 2002 we made the promise we'll come next year God shortened it up had us there four months later in August of 2003 Nagi died isn't that something one of his sons down here on the earth who was a father himself fathered God looked down at Nagi there in India in Nandikatkur and said I've got a son here who's really being a good father to my people father will move heaven and earth to bring forth his purposes when he's got someone on whom his favor rests who understands that who's just living and moving and and loving people loving him and loving people that way he'll move heaven and earth he moved schedules of pastors he, he got me canceled out of a conference thanks <laughs> i am thankful it, it was the right thing when you see it in the big picture isn't that something so that Nagi could see the fulfillment of that prophecy, that vision and that dream that God gave to him before he died. If we had waited and gone in December, I'm sure God would have done wonderful things, but Nagi would not have seen it. He died in August. What a God. What a Father. He's awesome. Stand up with me here tonight. One of the really cool things about this is when you're under the Father's blessing you can start to understand how much it means to Him to have you bless Him. Bless the Lord, O my soul. That verse doesn't say, as Tommy Tenney has pointed out on a number of occasions, bless my soul, O my Lord. <laughs> That's what we think it says. That's not what it says. It says, bless the Lord, O my soul. That your voice that the fruit of your lips would be a blessing to Him. To God. The God who created this universe. That's incredible. But it's true. And the way you really get a hold of that is under the Father's blessing. <laughs> so I just want to throw out an invitation to you here tonight. I don't know what kind of cursing you've walked through. Maybe God will show us some things here tonight. Friend, you can't be born into this world and be raised up and, and grow up to adulthood and, and start doing your thing without being under some kind of cursing in, in this sin-laden world that we live in. It's, it's just the way it is. The deceiver and the accuser is out there. But then Father's blessing comes. His name is Jesus. He's a deliverer. He's a healer. He's a king. <laughs> and he's awesome. So I just want to invite tonight everybody here who wants to be deeper under and further in the Father's blessing than you've been before. You just step out and come on down here to the front right now. and We're going to do a thing together here. That is going to be good. Hallelujah. Yeah, please stand as you come. <clears throat> Tonight I just want to encourage you, man, this is awesome, you guys. Wow. Whew, let's hold on a minute here. <laughs> I said tonight, if you want Father's blessing in places it hasn't been before, come on down.
Come to the love, come to the mercy, come to a Father who's not going to give you the back of his hand, who's not going to give you an angry voice. A Father who's going to draw you by his love and by his mercy. That's the one we're coming to here tonight. We trust this message has been a blessing to your spiritual life. You can contact us with any correspondence or donations for the support of this ministry at Heart of the Father Ministries, P.O. Box 300, Rush City, Minnesota, 55069. Or visit us online at heartofthefather.net, where you can purchase all of our products or donate online as well. Kingdom blessings on you.